Welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of obligatory chocolates. I'm Paul Bresson. And I'm Jason Neeling. And since Valentine's Day is coming up in a couple weeks, today we're going to be talking about how Valentine's Day is celebrated in Japan, along with a related holiday, White Day. Yes. Because they do things a bit different over there. Yeah. Valentine's Day is celebrated on February 14th, the same as in America. Mm-hmm. But Valentine's Day is a day for women to give chocolate to men in Japan. Yeah. You know, in the U.S., Valentine's Day is, of course, the most romantic holiday of the year. But if you listen to last year's Christmas episode, episode 24, you may recall that we said Christmas Eve was the most romantic holiday in Japan. Yeah. So what? What's up with Valentine's Day? Like, it's, it's mostly about that gift-giving thing, right? There is still a romantic component to it, but the gift-giving is a really big thing. Yeah, gift-giving is really important in Japanese culture. Very much so. So the day is about giving chocolates. It's not about fancy dates at a nice restaurant, and men don't get presents for women. Right. They return the favor... On March 14th, which is called White Day in Japan, where men are supposed to give gifts back to the women that gave them chocolates on Valentine's Day. And White Day, I think we should note, is a uniquely Japanese holiday. It's invented in Japan. Right, right. So I kind of like that idea of a Japanese Valentine's Day because I feel like in the U.S., the pressure is kind of all on the guys, right? I mean... More so, I would say, yeah. It's supposed to be a holiday for romance and stuff, but I feel like most girls kind of expect the the guy to surprise them, bring them out to a fancy dinner, get them something nice, in my experience. (laughs) I used to work at a restaurant. I never liked Valentine's Day. It was always so busy. Mm -hmm. and There'd always be some really sad people there that kind of like stood up. Yeah. Anyways. it's Yeah, it's a weird holiday, I think. I mean, no matter where you are, like just the whole idea of a romantic holiday, there are going to be a lot of people that are kind of left out. But I don't know, at least it's, it's kind of interesting that Japan split it up and made it like, here, here's where the girls do something, here's where the guys do something. Yep. But we're going to see. It's not, it's not exactly equal, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And to give an idea of how big of a deal it is, chocolate companies in Japan apparently sell up to half their annual sales during the week before Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. which is crazy, right? Like half their yearly sales in one week. That's how big of a deal it is. Yeah, and let me let me just get up on my soapbox for a second here. Preach. And this is this is going to sound cynical, I think, but I'm <laughs> I'm sort of a cynical guy. No, <laughs> maybe that's come across in the last sixty eight episodes. <laughs> oh, I also thought it was kind of a funny coincidence that this episode falls on episode 69. That was not planned. I'm not following you there. Could you explain that to me? I don't think I am going to explain that. (laughs) I'll just let that be a a joke for the people that see what I'm getting at there. But, okay, here's my cynical thing. Valentine's Day exists because there's money to be made. It is such a capitalist holiday, and the only reason it's spread around the world is because of advertising. And that is also true in Japan, as we will see. It's 100% true. That's why White Day exists, too. Yes, very true. And... You know, to be fair, that's true of a lot of other holidays, too. Like, there, there's a big capitalist element with most holidays. But 
to me, Valentine's Day feels even more emotionally manipulative. <laughs> like if you're in a relationship on Valentine's Day, you better not ignore it. You know, you can't just be like, oh, I'm not into Valentine's Day. I'm just not going to do that. Unless you both agree on that. But that's kind of the main point of the holiday is it revolves around buying things for the person you're in a relationship with. I remember reading an article researching this from a woman from America who married a Japanese guy. <laughs> and they had a big misunderstanding on their first Valentine's Day. Mm. He was crushed because she didn't get him chocolates. She just got him a card. And oh. she was really upset because he didn't give her anything at all. <laughs> I can imagine that being a, a bit of a problem. And, uh, you know, she eventually found out that when she got a gift on White Day a month later, yeah. what was going on. Like, oh, you felt bad. So a month later, I finally get something, huh? And he came home from work with chocolates from other women in the office. And oh, she no. was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> uh. Yeah, a lot of potential for misunderstandings. Yes, with absolutely. The cultural differences there. So we'll, we'll enlighten everyone here. Yeah. Well, we should probably talk about the history of Valentine's Day first. That would be a good place to start, I think. So I already went on my rant about capitalism. Mm -hmm. The first appearance of Valentine's Day in Japan was in the 1930s when a confectionery company made an ad campaign targeting foreign residents in an English-language publication. So at this point, still wasn't a thing for Japanese people. It was just these companies trying to capitalize on a foreign holiday mm -hmm. from the foreign residents in the area. That in 1953, I believe that same company began promoting and giving heart-shaped chocolates for sale in Japan for Valentine's Day. Okay, I saw a couple different dates. It seemed like maybe there are multiple companies that claim to have had the first Valentine's Day campaign. Yeah, and there's chocolate producers advertising it. Then there's department stores that are selling the chocolate advertising mm -hmm. it. And that happened at a little different times. Okay. But either way, even at the very beginning here, the target customers were women. Yes. And so the stores had these big elaborate displays encouraging women to buy heart-shaped chocolates for the men in their lives. And... You know, why? Why did it all start with having women buy chocolates? I saw a couple explanations. One is that back in the 50s, women did not confess their feelings. You know, that, that was what the guys did. And it was kind of taboo and radical, that idea of women pursuing men. So this idea was a way to allow them to express their feelings. It kind of gives them a day. Like, if you're going to do it, here's the day. It's a special day for you to do that. You might not even have to say anything. Yeah. You know, the chocolates speak for you. That's a great point. It makes it, it kind of takes a lot of the stress out of it, right? Uh, another theory I saw is that there may have just been a translation mistake. I saw that too. Like when people first brought the idea over from the US and started marketing it, maybe they misunderstood how things were supposed to work in the West. Yeah, I couldn't find anything to like 100% back that up, but it was a theory I saw repeated a couple times. Yeah. So this whole idea, like we said, started in the 50s, but it sounds like it didn't really gain widespread popularity until the 1970s. Yeah, I think that's when they really started marketing it as a means for schoolgirls to express their interest in a boy. It kind of gave some pure love tied into the holiday, you know, with young people. Sure. So yeah, by this point, 
you know, everything was going great for Valentine's Day. People were buying a whole lot of chocolate. But Paul, as you mentioned before, Japan has a long history of gift giving. It's always been a really important thing in their culture. And it kind of has these rules built around it about like, you know, what kind of gifts to give, how you're supposed to wrap them. And one kind of big rule is that gifts should be reciprocated, right? Absolutely. So that idea led to the creation of White Day, although White Day didn't officially show up until the late 70s, and it started out as Marshmallow Day. Yeah, didn't really catch on as Marshmallow Day. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what you have in your notes, Paul. I have a little story about how Marshmallow Day started. Okay, go ahead. So this might be apocryphal, but it seemed like there was enough detail in the version I saw that it seems credible, probably. So in 1977, an executive of a confectionery company called Ishimura Monsedo was reading a women's magazine looking for inspiration. And he saw a letter from a woman that wrote into the magazine, and she said, you know, it's not really fair that men get chocolate from women on Valentine's Day, but they don't return the favor. Why don't they give us something like a handkerchief, candy, or even marshmallows? So he saw marshmallows, like, that's a good idea. We make marshmallows. So he created this new holiday, Marshmallow Day, telling men to buy the marshmallows to reciprocate for the gifts they got on Valentine's Day. And then at a company meeting, he asked his female employees to choose a day for the holiday. And they thought March 14th would be appropriate, being a month after Valentine's Day. And this company even came up with a new product to sell for the holiday. They apparently had some sort of marshmallow paste with chocolate stuffed inside. Ooh. Sounds tasty. It does. I do think it's kind of funny that uh, these middle-aged men running all these candy companies had to read in a women's magazine <laughs> to realize, huh, maybe it is unfair that women are always just buying chocolate and men don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm... This kind of justifies my cynical viewpoint that uh, all this stuff was created by middle-aged guys in suits, you know? In 1980, actually, Japan's National Confectionery Industry Association, led by middle-aged dudes, they are the ones that turned Marshmallow Day into White Day. And they chose that name for its association with purity and happiness and, you know, probably the color of marshmallows, too. Yeah, they start selling a lot of white chocolate. It was originally white things that they marketed as White Day. Mm -hmm. And they ran a campaign with the slogan, Aini Kotairu White Day. Answer love on White Day. So as you can see, a lot of this stuff started basically from advertising, from companies trying to make money. Yes. But it is interesting that probably inadvertently, they changed some of the norms in Japanese society. The word kokuhaku is the act of confessing feelings or declaring love in Japanese. And it was taboo for women to do this. And it's become more acceptable partly through Valentine's Day. Like Valentine's Day is the day as a woman that you can express your feelings and it's not frowned upon. Yeah, it's interesting how much cultural impact this holiday has had. And we'll talk about that a bit more later on. Um, I also thought it was interesting that in recent decades, White Day has actually spread around outside of Japan. Yeah. Other countries in Asia, like Korea, China, and Taiwan, now celebrate White Day as well. I heard Vietnam, too. Okay. 
I thought this was funny too. In South Korea, apparently they have something called Black Day. I saw that. It's one month after White Day on April 14th. And I think this, this is nice. They made this holiday specifically for the single people that got left out on Valentine's Day and White Day. Yeah, but it's not a happy holiday. It's like for single people that didn't get any gifts on Valentine's Day to wallow in their misery of being alone. At least they're getting recognition, right? (laughs) To me, it seems like such a Korean holiday. How so? And I don't mean that to be offensive at all. Just, uh, I don't know. I've I've been to Korea once, South Korea once, and uh, I've watched enough K-dramas. It just feels (laughs) like the type of thing that like a person that's alone in Korea would be like, make a deal out of it. Like, oh, I'm so alone. Oh, I should <laughs> I should have my own holiday too. Okay. I don't know. It just strikes me as something that makes sense for their culture. I don't know. I can imagine that being an interesting basis for a K-drama story, right? <laughs> Two lonely people meet on Black Day. Yeah. Romance ensues. Yeah, and then the whole series takes place over the course of a year. And then by the next valentine's day they're all in love and stuff yeah until someone gets hit by a truck the day before no no, sorry (laughs) dark ball hey that's just how k-dramas go bro so let's dive a little deeper into valentine's day first yep so like we said girls are expected to give out chocolates and candy those are kind of the standard gifts yeah, we've mentioned that it's an opportunity for women and girls to show that they like a boy or a man, but there's a lot more to it going on these days than just that. Yeah, it's not purely about love. So there's many different types of chocolates that are given out. I think we should probably talk about homemade choco first, right? If you want. I do, <laughs> I do. These are true love chocolates. I saw that homemade can also be translated like a true objective chocolates. Yeah, I've also seen it translated as like number one target objectives. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. these are the chocolates you give to the guy you really like. They're usually handmade, you know, special chocolates or really expensive, fancy store-bought ones. Yeah. So like at a store, you're going to see different tiers of chocolates and the ones that you're going to give to the guy that you like, they're they're going to be really fancy. You're going to be able to tell that like the wrapping is really elaborate and most department stores even offer gift wrapping to make it even more special. In fact, you know, like we keep saying gift giving is big in Japanese culture. If you've never seen Japanese gift wrapping... Type that into YouTube and just watch some of the videos. It's incredible. It's an art form. It's absolutely an art form. Yeah. It will blow your mind. And when I say that women make handmade chocolates, they buy, as I understand it, basically buy like chocolate cubes and they melt them down at home and reform them into fancy little different types of things and decorate them to give them that homemade I made this especially for you touch. Right. So around this time of year, you know, you're going to see the fancy pre-made ones I was talking about. You'll also see a bunch of supplies and ingredients for making your own. Like it's it's a whole chunk of the market, these homemade ones. So you'll find like sprinkles, a bunch of molds that you can use to make them different shapes and stuff. You know, if somebody's feeling really not creative and they don't want to make specially designed chocolates, I saw that people might also make some brownies or another chocolate-based food you could give instead. Yeah. 
Anything chocolate would work, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is the type of chocolate you're going to give to your crush. And I could see that being somewhat stressful because it, it really is just like confessing your feelings because the recipient of this chocolate is going to know, oh, this is special chocolate. Like whether it's homemade or just really fancy looking, like I'm being confessed to right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be that special chocolate. I heard one story from a Japanese girl down in high school wanted to give chocolates to the guy she liked, but she was so embarrassed. She just put them in his locker without a name or note on them, oh. hoping he would know who they came from. Yeah. And he did. That's good. It was, you know, maybe people talked or whatever. I don't know. Or maybe he just knew, but yeah. it all worked out. I can imagine a lot of ways that this could go wrong. You know, It, it does. And yeah. it does. I saw that sometimes a guy might only accept chocolates from the girl he's interested in. Oh. So like a really popular guy. Maybe he's got a bunch of girls that are crushing on him. Can you imagine spending all this time making chocolates by hand and you give them to your crush and he's just like, no, I don't want those. No, thanks. That's a mega burn, you know? Yeah, but it's a difficult situation for that guy, too. What's he supposed to do? Take them from all of them? Yeah. <laughs> but then he's, you know, he's eventually going to start maybe going out with the girl that he does like, what? and they're all going to be like, he took my chocolates. What What a meanie. Now he's, he's not going out with me. Well, on white day, he can send a message depending on what gift he gives back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, wait a month to choose which one uh, he wants to pursue or something. Oh, now he's got to wait. <laughs> I'm just see. There are there are there are some issues with this holiday. Yeah. Uh, so, what other type of chocolate do you want to talk about next, Paul? Let's talk about Giri Choco. Okay. These are the lowest level of chocolates. So. You know, like we said, it's not only about giving chocolate to your crush or somebody that you're in love with. There are also chocolates being given out to classmates and friends. Like it's popular, especially in middle school and high school, to just give out chocolates to kind of everybody. And even in adult workplaces, women will give chocolates to male friends, coworkers, even their bosses, which is kind of weird. I can't imagine that. Happening in the U.S., giving your boss some chocolates for Valentine's Day? No one's ever given me chocolates at work. Well, maybe that'll change this year, Paul. I hope that not. I know that, that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so for all, all these situations, you're going to give giri choco. And most sources I saw translated this as obligation chocolates. Yeah. Part of the whole Japanese gift-giving thing. Like these people are in your social circle, so you're recognizing them with a gift of chocolate. Right. You know, in my head, I kept seeing those little boxes of Valentines that I remember buying, like in elementary school to give to classmates, you know? It's like, oh, I, we do a Valentine's Day thing at school, but didn't they usually have a rule where like you have to give a Valentine to everybody in the class if you're going to give out Valentines? Yeah, I think that's how it was in... Elementary school. Yeah. I so don't that, think we really did anything after that. Yeah. So that nobody would feel left out, you know. Yep. You're obligated to give out Valentine's stuff to everybody. Yep. Yep. So uh, the giri concept. I actually saw that this concept is maybe a little more complicated than just that idea of obligation. Yes. It has to do with loyalty and gratitude and a moral debt. Like it's, it relates to that Japanese 
spirit of social responsibility. You know, the idea that you have a duty as a part of a harmonious society. Yeah, it's part of mutual obligation towards each other. Mm -hmm. um, if someone does you a favor, then you feel obligated to do something for that person. So this is part of how women give back to the men in their lives. Yeah. So these types of chocolates are pretty basic. They're not super fancy. You know, if somebody receives obligation chocolate, they're going to be aware like, oh, this isn't a romantic thing. This is just a there, thing that you do. There definitely are cases where it's misinterpreted okay. by uh, some misguided individuals, which can lead to uncomfortable things happening. So many opportunities for really awkward situations with this holiday, I feel like. Yeah. You know, the girl you really like gives you some chocolate. It's easy to like delude yourself into thinking, oh, she must like me, you know? Yeah. No, no, she's game to everybody. Yeah. Did you see there's also Chogiri Choco? Is that the same as, oh, oh yeah, 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 okay, yeah. This is ultra-obligatory chocolate. Right. Um, and it's more forced, usually with bosses and superiors, like, gotta give my boss chocolates or he's gonna hold it against me. Yeah. Or people that you don't know very well, or maybe you just don't even like. It's like, this is a person that's in my life. I kind of wish they weren't in my life, but I got to give them chocolate anyway. Yeah, they can't be the only one I don't give chocolate to, or that's... <laughs> yeah. You just give them the worst quality chocolate. The cheapest yeah. one you can buy. But you gave them something, so it counts. Yep. There's Tomo Choco. Tomo as in Tomodachi, which means friends in Japanese. So girls sometimes will buy or make chocolates for each other. And what's kind of cool about it, I thought, is that they often enjoy them together. So all day they're running around giving chocolates to all these guys out of obligation. And then at the end of the day, they give each other chocolates and they sit together and enjoy them. So they spend time with their friends enjoying some chocolate themselves. Yeah, I like I that. Thought, I thought that was cool. Totally. Uh, there's one last type of chocolate I have here. This is called Jibun Choco, which means chocolate for yourself. Yeah. The most important kinds. Yeah. If all the pressure of the holiday is getting to you, why not just get a bunch of chocolate and pig out? Or maybe you don't have any friends to hang out and pig out with. You just got to do it by yourself at home. Yeah. It's no fun giving chocolate to everyone else. Everybody deserves their own chocolate. Yep. And I've heard it does maybe happen where guys give chocolate or presents on Valentine's Day, but it's very much frowned upon. Like if you try to give chocolate to a woman on Valentine's Day, she's going to be super weirded out generally, I think. Like, maybe. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, if she's more of a traditional type person, you know, that's used to the traditional Valentine's Day thing. I saw that things might be changing a bit uh, in recent years, and we, we'll talk about that a bit later. But yeah. And uh, things like Valentine's Day cards and flowers, not not common in Japan. Yeah, it really, it's funny how it's it, all about chocolate. Yeah, those confectionery companies really did their job. Yeah, half their sales in one day. Imagine they didn't half that; they'd sell half the chocolate every year. Yeah, it's is a brilliant move by them. Pretty diabolical. <laughs> yeah. So Valentine's Day is pretty great for the guys. Getting a bunch of chocolate, don't have to do anything in return. But a month later, March 14th rolls around, time to reciprocate. And you don't get to just like give back the same kind of chocolates you received. 
Traditionally, you're supposed to return the kindness threefold. There's something called okeshi, which is the Japanese concept of proper payback. And I think that's where they're getting the idea of three times the payback. Okay. So it's receiving a gift is not a positive thing. I don't want to say it's not a positive thing because it's nice, but you're going to give back more than you got. So you're not, no one's out there like trying to get gifts because you got to pay it back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're supposed to estimate how much they spent on the chocolates that they gave you and then give them a present worth three times as much. I actually saw that there's a phrase for this, which means fishing with shrimp for a sea bream because the catch is worth a lot more than the bait. So women can give out cheap chocolate and just know that, hey, in a month, I'm going to get three times as much back. That's a pretty good deal. Or give out even nicer chocolate, knowing yeah. that you get some really nice things back. Yeah. So some popular gifts for White Day are cookies or white chocolate, especially for friends and coworkers. But if you received love chocolates, those homemade chocolates on Valentine's Day, you know, those are the more special expensive ones. So you might want to return the love by giving something bigger, like a handbag, jewelry, perfume, flowers, clothes, lingerie, stuffed animals. Yeah, and I've heard that everything was usually white, you know, white lingerie, white stuffed animals, and not as much anymore. Still a lot of white, but you can get any color, whatever. It's just something nice. Just give them something nice. Right. This is starting to sound more like Valentine's Day in the West, other than like the date night part. Yeah. But the gift giving part, like you got to get your girl something nice. Yeah. All those things are pretty standard Valentine's Day things in the West too, I guess. And I saw that if you don't give a gift to a girl that got you something for Valentine's Day, that's a pretty big insult. Yeah, That could definitely. be seen as a sign of disdain. Absolutely. You just don't do that. Yeah. And even if you do give a gift to a girl that got you something, but you only give them something of equal value to what you received. Insulting. Yeah. That could be seen as a sign that you want to end the relationship. That seems really extreme, but... You know, it just goes to show how serious that culture of gift giving is in Japan. Yep. I saw that according to the official White Day website, which exists. <laughs> I did not know there was an official website. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the name White Day was chosen because white is the color of purity, and they hope to evoke images of pure, sweet teen love. Is teen love pure and sweet? No. Only in media. Innocent and naive, perhaps, but sorry, my cynical yeah. attitude is coming out again. I don't know if I was doing anything pure sweet as a teenager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in recent years, it sounds like Valentine's Day customs in Japan have been changing a bit. Some people are just not really as into it anymore. A lot of people might feel like it's a burdensome social obligation to have to go and buy chocolates for everyone that they know. I can understand that. And uh, the social pressure can be intense, especially when it comes to giving chocolate to your boss or coworkers. Like, There's a lot of weird power dynamic stuff at play there. And everybody's trying really hard not to offend anybody, especially people that you have to see every single day. Mm-hmm. There's also the changing of gender roles and gender norms happening in Japan, too. 
Mm-hmm. People are breaking out of the traditional a little bit. I saw a 2019 survey by a Tokyo department store that found that about 60% of women planned to buy chocolates for themselves for Valentine's Day. Okay. And only 35% plan to get chocolates for their male colleagues. Oh, okay. So in response to that sentiment, actually, just since so many women feel like that, apparently a lot of workplaces are trying to limit chocolate giving in the office or even get rid of it entirely. Yeah, the workplaces argue that too much time is spent giving and receiving chocolate on Valentine's Day. Everyone's running around giving or trying to get chocolate and not a lot of work's getting done. There's also the misunderstandings, the people getting angry. There's trying to avoid all that stuff. And a lot of them are discouraging chocolate giving or even considering banning chocolate giving on Valentine's Day in the workplace. Yeah. And uh, Paul, you mentioned earlier that some men might decide to give chocolates to women on Valentine's Day instead of White Day. Mm -hmm. I kind of got the sense that that was kind of to push back against the tradition a little bit. There's actually a name for that kind of chocolate too, Gyaku Choco, reverse chocolates. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like you said, women might be upset about that. It seems like it kind of depends on who you're giving it to. Like maybe if a woman is more progressive and feels like, you know, the traditional way isn't maybe the best way of doing things, maybe they'd be okay with that. Some manufacturers have even gotten in on the game of trying to change Valentine's Day. I heard that Godiva, the Belgian chocolate brand, published an ad in a Japanese newspaper asking women to stop buying so much chocolate for Valentine's Day. Isn't it Godiva? I don't know. Godiva chocolate? I don't know. I don't speak Belgian. Okay. (laughs) Either way, (laughs) I did see that. I also saw that that's kind of, uh, it might seem like Godiva or whatever is trying to be like progressive, but I saw an article that pointed out that they are selling the expensive homemade chocolates. They're not selling the cheap, crappy stuff that's getting exchanged between coworkers anyway. So they're, exactly. not, they're not really harming their business. They don't model. stand to lose anything, yeah. but they get to look cool and progressive. And they get to suppress the other companies, like their competitors that are selling the cheap chocolate. Might yeah. take a chunk of their market. Although I've heard that uh, there's a company called Black Thunder Chocolates, which produces a ton of the Giri chocolates. And uh, they apparently have announced that they're going to stop promoting Giri chocolate. But their reasoning behind it is because some men are disappointed that they don't receive homemade chocolates and they feel sad. So the company president said he doesn't know if they can keep this custom going. I thought that was interesting. They don't care about the women. Like, oh, some guys are sad. (laughs) We better stop this. It's not working out. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, though. But what about all the guys that are happy that they got chocolate? Yeah. I don't know. Who knows, right? Yeah. I wanted to mention this little bit of news that I came across that I thought was kind of funny. Paul, did you know there's a tiny fringe group called the Revolutionary Alliance of Unpopular People? What is that? (laughs) So they, uh, last year they staged their 12th annual protest against romantic capitalism in Tokyo. Okay. And their leader told the media, we're against companies exploiting events like Valentine's Day to push excessive consumer culture and guilt trip people who aren't in relationships. Okay. Sounds like my people. Yeah, I'm down. (laughs) I'm down. I like these people. Yeah. 
They say that Valentine's Day chocolates in the workplace can make some employees feel that their value is determined by how much chocolate they receive. Yeah, absolutely. That's what the advertisers want you to think, right? Yeah, it's exactly the reason that we had those rules in elementary school. You know, yeah. you got to give them to everybody or give them to nobody. Yeah. Maybe that one weird kid that got nothing while everyone else just had all this candy. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. And they tie your worth to like how much money people are spending on you. That's dumb, I think. Yeah. That's capitalism, right? But it's not the good, it's not the good that's coming from capitalism. It's not healthy for the human spirit. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. So this group, I saw, you know, a lot of their complaints are basically the same as the reasons a lot of companies are now banning Giri Choco. So it seems like it would be a popular concept, but they the group only has nine members, apparently. Okay. I wonder if it's the name that's keeping people away. People don't want to self-identify as unpopular people. <laughs> you know, people only have so much time and energy in their lives. Like, is that the cause that people <laughs> want to dedicate themselves to? You that's know? a good point. And people like getting gifts. People might be like, oh, yeah, you're kind of right, but then they get chocolate and they still like it. Yeah. Don't really want it to stop. Yeah. It's hard to break people out of the capitalist cell in and their it's mind, a, right? It's a fun event to lighten up a boring winter. You know, it's a, it's a thing that happens that people can look forward to sure. or dread the coming of, depending on your perspective. Mm-hmm. Another issue I saw that has come up lately, you know, with all the rules about who is giving chocolates to whom. On which day, it makes it hard for people in same-sex relationships to participate. You know, which, which day do you choose? Yeah, that's something they'd have to just kind of figure out on their own, but they wouldn't feel like they would be fitting in right with the holidays. Yeah, it's not a super inclusive holiday. Yeah, and you got transgendered people and all that. Where do they fit in? Mm-hmm. Non-gender, non-binary people. So yeah, as we've alluded to in the past, the LGBT community still has a long way to go in Japan, but things are starting to change. They've been making strides. Yep, and that seems to be affecting Valentine's Day and White Day. Uh, These days, people might give chocolates and gifts to whoever they want and kind of just ignore those rules that were kind of set in place. So who knows? In the future, Valentine's Day might start to look more like Valentine's Day in the West. What do you think, Paul? How do you feel about Japan's way of handling these holidays? Um, at the risk of sounding like a sellout, I think I would enjoy getting chocolates. <laughs> you are a sellout, Paul. <laughs> give me chocolate and I'm happy. Although maybe no one would give me chocolate and then I wouldn't be very happy. I'll give you chocolate, Paul. If chocolate's what you want, chocolate's what you'll get, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a good thing that things might be starting to change. The Japanese Restaurant Association is going to have to get in on it and start promoting date night on Valentine's Day. Yeah, and <laughs> they, there's really a gap in the market there. They got to get in gear. Yep. I don't know. One nice thing about their traditional way of doing things, though, is that men get their day to be appreciated. That's kind of nice. Yeah, it is. Do you know, I just found out there's an International Men's Day. I don't know I what heard day that it's too. On. Yeah, I don't know exactly what day. Yeah, who does, right? Nobody pays attention to that holiday. Every day is Men's Day, right? Sure. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Got anything else on uh, Valentine's Day or White Day? I think that's it. It's uh, quite the interesting couple holidays. Yeah. I'm glad we dove into it a little bit. Yeah. Funny how it it really morphed from 
the Western ideas of Valentine's Day. Yeah, one of those things that uh, Japan borrowed an idea and just made it totally their own. Yeah. Well, whatever your views on Valentine's Day and whatever kind of relationship you are or are not in, I hope you have a good time on Valentine's Day. You know, maybe practice some self-love if you don't have anybody else around. Treat yourself. Have a good time. You don't need a romantic relationship to be fulfilled. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go buy myself some chocolate after all this talk about chocolate. You should. You deserve it. Thanks. I guess that's it. If you want to see some cool pictures, check out our Instagram, SJP Podcast. If you want to send us an email, tell us what you're doing for Valentine's Day. You can send an email to feedback at sightseeingjapanpodcast.com. Paul, what are we talking about next time? On the next episode, we're going to talk about kawaii culture in Japan. And kawaii is the Japanese word for cute. Yeah. And yeah, there, I mean, there really is a whole culture built around it. A sub, subculture, I guess you could call it. It's, it's a big deal. And, it's uh, like a mainstream, it was a subculture that became mainstream. Is yeah. that fair? Yeah, it's very monetized too. Like there's a lot of industries built around cuteness in Japan. Definitely. And actually, I guess you could kind of say that there are subcultures within the kawaii umbrella. Even. Oh, absolutely. We'll dive into that next time. I'm, I don't know where that episode's going to end up going, having not done the research yet, but I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen a ton, uh, like I haven't done a ton of research yet, but what I have seen, there's going to be some interesting stuff. Yeah, just to give you an, all an idea, think like Hello Kitty. That's like part of kawaii culture in, yeah. in Japan. Yeah, maybe one of the most mainstream kawaii franchises or something. Yeah, but absolutely. There's some unusual stuff that we will uncover. So look forward to that. Thanks for listening. See you next time.